Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Domino Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independent wrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins, joined at hallway by the man who will put random phone numbers in your phone if you're not paying attention, Charlie Butter. You know, I, I, I do certain things like that for, for a kick. So, okay, can I bring the cup? I don't think Butter actually done that, but I'm trying to clear out some contact from my phone. I got like old co workers and shit on there, like I'm never going to talk to. And I've got wrestlers in there from either I've met a call for alley or I've had on previous podcasts and things like that. So I've like, Bobby Fulton's phone number. Okay, I know where I got that one. That's a few others. I've got a contact in my phone with listed as Matt Cardona. <laughs> I have no idea how I have the phone number. I have no idea. Did you call it? I did not call it because I don't know if it's actually his number or not, but I don't know how the fuck I've got it. Call it right now while we're on the air. Let's no, find out. Let's find it out what it is. No. Yes. No. Let's do no, it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Come no. on. No. Oh, that'd be so great. Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious. I've like it. It's like even the people that I know that would have his phone number, I don't have their phone number. Like I have no idea how I got the fucking thing. I think you should call it. I'm not going to call it. Worst case, it's gonna go to voicemail. He's not gonna answer. I'm not going to fucking call it. <laughs> I legitimately don't even know if it's his actual number. I'm not calling it. Is it a New York number? Can you Google it? I can Google it. <laughs> it, it it is not a New York phone number. Oh damn! Is it a Florida uh, probably- number? It is a Florida number and it does cover Orlando. It may have been his number at one point when he was working for WWE. It may not be his number now. I'm still not calling it. How did you how did you get back Cardona's phone number? I don't know. That's so, why I bring it up. I don't know. So at hell on earth, you gotta go up to him and be like, hey, is this your phone number? I don't know how this got in my phone. I I, that, I might do that. Okay. I might just ask I might just ask him, hey, I I somebody put the phone number in my phone. I have no idea how I got this. It's it, actually you. Like I'm never gonna call it. <laughs> Next time I'm with you, I'm fucking calling it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. No. All right. Fine. Well, anyway, so we have guests. Let's get to the guests. Okay. First we have Dr. Dan. Hello. How are you guys today? I am, uh, working on my, my confidence today and obviously Jayhawk needs to work on his. So yeah, it's confidence and calling that phone number. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I just want to know how the fuck I got it. Just star eight, six it and call it. Isn't that still a thing? <laughs> it good. I don't know. <laughs> and also today we have, uh, the other, uh, Goldstein brother, Sam. How's it going, man? Greetings. Greetings. Uh, Jayhawk. Look, I, I don't think anything good can come from you walking up to Matt Cardona and saying, <laughs> I may or may not have your phone number. Is this it? <laughs> uh, well, just, you're probably right about that too. But. I, I would just, I would just either call it or just keep it in there. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I don't advise showing somebody and saying, but I have no idea how I got it. I'm not weird. Don't worry about no, me. Someone it's else is weird. weird. I'm not weird. Uh, the, only thing, the only thing I can possibly think of it that it ended up on like his Twitter at some point for something. But even then, how I didn't put it in my phone. I don't know. You know who we need to give it to. We just need to give it to young Ed and let him call. Oh no, <laughs> no, that's a work idea than me calling. No, Don, what are you talking about? If we give it to Ed, nobody's going to know how he got it. It'll be fine. <laughs> They're going to know now. And like you edit this shit out. I can edit it. I probably won't, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. 
so I went on a road trip this week. Yeah, how was that actually? Uh, it was a very long drive. Well, the drive there was not very long. Uh, the drive home was very long. Uh, the drive from here to Chicago is usually, I think, like six or seven hours, right? Is that what it was last time when we went? Something like that. Uh, yeah, it felt like an hour with the four of us in the car. So it literally flew by so quick. Like, I couldn't believe it. From there, it wasn't too bad through Wisconsin and Minnesota. And then, like, uh, we got in about eight o'clock into Fargo and uh, hung out with some people there in, the, in their hotel. And uh, then we went and ate at Pounds. I love coming to Pounds. Which lived up to the hype. Very good restaurant. Excellent wings. Uh, Service was awesome. I think there's one girl running the whole place. And she was kicking ass. So I love coming to Pounds. Props to her. And she could like memorize like the entire order for the most part. Just like without even writing anything down. It was great. Uh, She was really good. And uh, I love coming to Pounds. Food was really good company was really good got to see dom for a little bit before his match and then uh we went and saw the wood chipper from the movie fargo and uh all the different stuff they had there at the visitor center and then uh went back to the hotel and took a nap for a little bit and then we went to the show which was awesome i got to meet minora suzuki uh got to meet brian keith finally the bounty hunter he's awesome and after the show we got the head back on the road and that was the beginning of the longest trip ever like wow it, okay now let, let's have a question here you were gone for like over 48 hours how much sleep did you actually get in the 48 hour stretch maybe five hours yeah i, I, I much kind of like to have gone with you guys i could not have made it through that trip uh i once drove from minneapolis to uh pier south dakota and that was like every bit of six and a half hours mm-hmm. i cannot imagine doing cleveland to fargo uh in any you know normal amount of time yeah it was like 16 on the map and like we kind of figured 20 with stops uh we got into chicago we left at like three o'clock uh from like youngstown area we got it into chicago at 10 a little a little bit before 10 because uh portillo's was closing and we literally got there 15 minutes before it closed so we could eat and it was right there in the Schaumburg area where we were before for all in. So it was kind of cool to be back there again. And then, uh, yeah, Wisconsin was the longest state, like on the way home, it took forever to leave Wisconsin. It was the most ridiculous thing in the world. And, uh, and then we got pulled over in Indiana cause they thought we were, uh, human traffickers. Cause the rental car that we had was what? The, the rental car we had was from New Mexico and it was it was it it was a it was a rental vehicle from you know one of the places the tag was from new mexico and it was a van and there's four people in the van so like we had one cop car well we think it was a cop car it could have been fbi that was all blacked out and like you could not see through the windows and it pulled up next to us and was like riding in in the blind spot checking us out and then it pulled off and then like an hour later uh, like a sheriff pulled us over saying that we were following too close to a truck which it was in slow down traffic so it wasn't really that close but uh but yeah he like took pam out of the vehicle took her back talked to her and then came and asked us what we were doing like to to see if our stories all matched and like he was like checking everybody out in the vehicle and everything and uh of course orange was you know fiddling with his uh can of pringles and not being like calm so i was like orange you're gonna get shot or he's gonna think you're trying to signal him (laughs) 
So orange or, orange maintains that he was being orange, trafficked. You orange, uh, Stacy and Pam. Yes, were pulled over and accused of being human traffickers. Yes. Well, he didn't accuse us, realize. but we're pretty sure that's what they were looking for because there was there really wasn't a reason to pull us over. Okay, they did realize that like there was nowhere to hide anybody in that van, right? Like they there's four very white people in the car. <laughs> And nowhere to hide anybody. I mean, technically, like those seats like fold down into the underneath, so we could hide stuff in there. But obviously, we didn't. It was just, I don't know. It was weird. It was very weird. Well, tragedy narrowly avoided, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was, was kind of freak out moment for a second, and then like we all laughed about it after. But yeah, like you're with cool people. There are people I'd be on a road trip with that if that would have happened to one of them would have been a friend. I can go, Senor, shut up in the back. Oh God. Yeah, it was, uh, we were, we were relatively calm. So it was all good. Mm, so what's on IWTV this week? <laughs> oh, you don't want to talk about the Cleveland Browns and that crushing defeat, uh, that they gave the Denver Broncos. We're just, we're just rubbing Colton J. Clement going at this point. Like, I, don't... I know that's the point. Gotcha. I, I don't think call none of the game. I was watching the show from Fargo and like literally the game ended like just at the show again. Then I flipped in and got it final. Okay, cool. Yeah, we were uh, at the show and like people had it up on their phones, and we're we're trying to do, watch both. So I was at the uh, I was at the Giants game today. They won twenty five to three. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was, we're, for once, it was good. <laughs> I called it five three at one point. I'm going there. Or you don't see that often. It was. It was I couldn't three, believe when I saw five three. It was three two at one point. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll, awesome. get in, we'll get into what's on IWTV this week. What's on IWTV? All right, so Tuesday, October 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have New South Action Clash 59, followed by at 9 p.m. Eastern, Camp Leapfrog Creep Frog. Wednesday, October 27th at 10 p.m. Eastern, we have the premiere of Unsanctioned Pro 15, What the Fuck is Happening? Thursday, October 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we have Uncharted Territory Season 3, Episode 4 from Beyond Wrestling. And then we have three H2O shows over the course of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Friday, October 29th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, we have H2O Hustle Cup. Saturday, October 30th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, we have H2O Tremont's Deathmatch Tournament. And then Sunday, October 31st at 8 p.m. Eastern, H2O Destiny, Onita versus Tremont, and a no-rope exploding barbed wire deathmatch. And that's what's on IWTV this week. And realistically, that last of the H2O show, because we don't want anybody really caring about, let's be honest about it. Eh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, if they do the explosions yeah. right, because Anita's there, it'll probably be like an actual explosive deathmatch uh, in the U.S., so... Oh, is that this week? That is up this upcoming weekend, huh? Yeah. I thought it passed for some reason. No, oh, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween day. Young Ed can't go, but can have an anime convention. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. I remember now. Yep. I don't know why I remember that, but there you go. <laughs> Young Ed creeps into all of our lives somehow. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. All right. Well, I guess we can do this review, um, what we're here for. So the weekly review all right and this week it is pro wrestling explosion galactic revolution february 8 2019 from philomoka in north philadelphia pennsylvania a definitely an interesting lineup here including dr dan 
Yeah, this was uh, when, you know, I talked to Butters about being on the show initially. I wanted to pick like shows that I either enjoyed or had weird stories about or just like really random cards that I think would have been like interesting to, you know, talk about and review. And this show really sticks out because of not only like the card, but the lineup and the venue and just everything around that whole like situation. It was such a, like it was a cool experience to wrestle in that building. Is it is it called Villa Mocha? Is that yeah, what Villa Mocha. Villa Mocha. Yeah, like Philadelphia, like for Philadelphia, but it was like a an old. I think they said it in the thing. It was like an old mausoleum. Yeah, they kept and, saying that. And the ring was like barely anyone could fit around the ring to stand. Like it was like a packed house. Like when the camera pans for one of the matches, you can just see how tight everything is for the the whole building. It was just a cool experience. Yeah, they said it was like sold out, and I was just like, it was fifty tickets sold because I think that's about all you could fit in there around the ring. It was it was like a hundred people, I think, were like the most you could fit. And then that locker room, because you see how many people are on the card, that locker room was not very big at all. (laughs) Ever everyone everyone was on top of each other. And my favorite was, I think, when uh, like uh, well, like we'll talk about it later, but when CPA and Troy Nelson are trying to like get themselves ready for their match. They are, they have no room to do anything to get prepared. It was the funniest thing. I was, I think I've seen the locker room like throughout my whole career. <laughs> uh, I've definitely been in some tiny locker room in the past, like 50 people on the car and enough room in the locker room for like 20 of us. Exactly. <laughs> they had, you know, it's funny because for a small space, they seem to have quite a few cameras. There was cameras everywhere. And then that one light pole, like it was like, it was completely crammed around the ring. Like you couldn't move if you went outside the ring at all. You, you know, there were, there were times it seemed in every match or at least from the, from the video of it. I don't know if maybe it was a change in angle or the ch- whoever, whichever camera they were using. It looked like there was just one lone spotlight on the middle of the ring. I don't know if the lights were changing or if that was, you know, what it looked like from certain angles, but I felt like I was in like a, you know, a Bob Fosse Broadway show, you know, like Chicago. And I, you know, expected somebody to come out, you know, doing the magic hands, you know, into the middle of a spotlight because I, I, I it looked to me like if I was there, it would have been, you wouldn't have been able to see anything. But yeah, I really feel, I, I really felt like you're, that, that, that uh, you're right, that one spotlight. And I really felt like they were only going to that shot just to show they had more than one camera, but it would be like two seconds on that camera and then they're back to the floor cam again. Yeah, that's exactly how it looked when they were filmed. But like definitely that hard cam angle was, was better, but it was just, yeah, they had that one spotlight in the corner and that was pretty much it. Yeah. The, yeah I, I thought the hard cam, the hard cam angle was, was good. And then the, the guy's ringside, I thought, I look, I didn't think, I didn't think it was, it was bad, bad production wise. I thought that they, uh, they had a lot of angles. You felt like you were, you know, kind of seeing and, you know, and they did some, I thought the cutting was good, you know, it was good. Yeah. Cause this, uh, the show was actually streamed live as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They mentioned that they say it was on power bomb or something, right? It must have been in that in that transition period between IWTV, because they talk about being on, you know, IW.TV for a, a second on there too. So it must've been right during the transition. But I will say it was very funny when the, uh, when the guys start like announce, you know, they, they, they lead off, you know, saying, here we are, this historic building. And, and then they go, let's, let's cut to the ring. And all the cameraman does is turn around and they're like, on top, they're on top of the <laughs> ring. Let's cut to the ring. And the guys is right next to them. Oh, great. Okay. Let's take it. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the action here. We open with Beefcake against Green Ant. Well, hold on. I, I, I do want to note before we open the, the ring announcer who, you know, I look, I, he, he, I thought he, you know, was very uh, eager. Uh, he at one point said in his opening introductions, he goes, and I want to thank all of our sponsors, but I don't have the list. So I'll be telling them, <laughs> I'll be telling you who they are later. And my immediate thought was, you had all week to plan. <laughs> to thank the sponsors 
of the card were paying for. And the one thing you didn't do was prepare the list of the sponsors. And, and, and so I, I was concerned that that was maybe not the most auspicious start for the, uh, for the, for the card, but you know, it's just a, just a, just a, a quick thought. Okay, the opening match is Beefcake against Green Ant. Of course, Beefcake is now a member of Bear Country and Green Ant uh, from Chikara. And Beefcake comes to ring to Donna Summer Hot Stuff. Go like immediately, I'm like, okay, he should have just kept it when he went with Bear Country, but that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I didn't realize he was from Bear Country until like he was in the ring and he, like, I think they were, Green Ant was trying to like do a shoulder tackle. And I was like, wait, he looks really familiar. And then I was like, oh. It's bear beefcake. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I legit looked it up just to make sure I was right on it, but I, I was like, is that, that, that bear beefcake or somebody else? Like, yeah, it was definitely him. I'll be honest, when I read that what the card was going to be before and it said beefcake, I was kind of hoping it was Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> I do it. I the barber. It. it was, that was like, that's the reason like I picked is some of these matches have like such like strange people in it that like you would never like really see on a card now. So it was like that show is just a cool like little like its own world for a minute and that like you know with bear beefcake being on it it was just like it was too good not to pass up i'm like yeah these this is definitely a card i want to talk about because like some of these matches like this match was like super good with like the story and everything they were telling it was it was it was a good time that was both really good talents so like they, they definitely were able to have a fun fun match fun story and uh get everybody warmed up for the show yeah but at what point at what point they refer to him um to Green Ant, as um, e- even though he's a veteran, they refer to him as like the eager, like rookie or something. And he goes, even though he's a veteran, we here call him like the eager rookie. And again, I'm like, my head is spinning because like I'm like, I got to turn off the volume because <laughs> I'm spending too much time listening to these guys and not enough time simply following the card. And it's starting to like, you know, inhibit. And that was, what was that? That was, I will say this card, these matches were very long, like every single match was you know i that they were long 10 12 15 20 minutes i mean not everybody deserves 20 minutes like you're gonna be really surprised when i go through these match times over the show and they really weren't all right well then <laughs> then maybe then maybe perception was uh was was not done well all right but i yeah it was it was it was, it was a good match though yeah we do have, do have a little bit of comedy in there we got beefcake pulling on green and contene at one point uh but Really good color story. Beefcake got the strength and kind advantage. He's using that throughout. They tee Green Ant going for a clam a couple of times. He can't do it. Finally gets it near the end. Then they go for a flying body press. Beefcake catching him. Front clam. Springboard moon call for the pin. Eight minutes and 23 seconds for the opening match. I get a look on Cam Faith. They're like, really? That's it? Seemed, seemed, seemed longer. Maybe that was bell to bell. Maybe it was. Maybe that was counting the introductions. And that bell, bell to bell. I don't. I, I get when you're actually like timing out a TV show, you count the entrance. I don't do that. Turn the curtain's a whole nother ball game for timing out everything. Yeah. As the master of uh, the, the, you know, minute and a half entrance, if not longer. <laughs> yeah. It's, I always had to think about that. Anytime I go to alpha one, Ethan page would be like, all right, you have eight minutes, curtain to curtain. I'm like, Oh, I got to cut down a lot. Here we go. All right. Trim it down. All right. From there, our next matchup, we have Shane Hagedorn. And the PWE champion Alex Payne taking on the embassy of Prince Nana and Ernie O'Kyron. I'm I'm gonna say it. Maybe I'm yeah, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think Prince Nana looked to be in better shape here than he did when he was in a prime in Ring of Honor. He looked like he really slimmed down quite a bit from you know, from his quote unquote heyday. 
Oh, yeah, he looked, you know, totally, you know, better with, you know, as, you know, how he looked physically. And I didn't even recognize that's who it was when I first saw him when we were there earlier that day. I like looked and I was like, that looks like that guy looks familiar, but I just can't quite think of who that is. And then I saw it. I was like, oh, wow. But even if I had watched this live in 2019, I think it probably would have, would, would have been 10 years since I had seen Prince Nana like on Ring of Honor. Like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't even know what he did in the, in the interim. Maybe he went back to ruling and, and, and the monarchy, but like, you know, I did not, uh, I was, I had not seen him in a long time. And I will say also that before this card started, maybe somebody in, in, in production realized that they really had not said anything about the sponsors. So they immediately inserted out of in the most non sequitur style possible. We just want to talk about our great sponsor, Philadelphia Eddie's tattoos. <laughs> they it came out of nowhere, and it was like it was like one of those ESPN the Ocho skits. Like, but it was you know. But look, they got the sponsor's name in. Oh, Sometimes you just got to shoehorn it in there. <laughs> well, whatever worked. But this was this was I, I I thought this this match was interesting. I didn't quite understand now as a as a you know not like I watched that promotion with any you know consistency then or or ever or now. They were talking about something about two belts, and one of them wasn't the real belt, but he had two belts, and they were standing on a belt. I was a little confused. Yeah, so I remember the one they were oh, standing ahead. on was the actual PWE title, and he had his own title that that was nicer and looked nicer, and that was he was saying was his, was the real title. Someone had a problem with him bringing in a nicer title. Well, the idea is that he's disrespecting the, the, the title, because you want him to lose the belt, so someone who respects it can win the thing. Okay. <laughs> I guess. That's kind of coming to play in the main event, which we'll get to later. Yeah, I, but, had, I had to stop the show uh, to, when it opened uh, the first time, because they said who was, who was in the main event, and I'm like, wait, that's not what it says on the thing. I was like, yeah, did I click I on the right thing. one? <laughs> So. Well, let's 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 not spoil it yet. Uh, well, we can, I know. Let's, I take, know. Let's, let's take the journey of this card to get to that magical moment first. <laughs> okay. We got a very formulaic tag team match here. It's formulaic because it works. You got the the heels beating up on one guy until the hot tag. Uh, I, I credit commentary for the kind of commentary. That was my first thought as well. Prince Nana gets the hot tag. He hits like two moves. He like immediately tagged out. It's like um, your dude still hurt. Like why are you tagging out already? Commentary picked up on that too, though. So I, I was happy with that. Now, Dan, when you were, did you wrestle more than once for this promotion? I did. I wrestled twice for them. I was going to wrestle a third time, but it just ended up not working out with just my schedule. Um, and I had like you know stuff at like you know the family business and stuff that I had actually canceled the third booking, and then I never you know got back to going over there because I had talks to hopefully come back to them. But the show before this, I was in a uh, gauntlet match with Joe Gacy. So he had like a, you know, pin submission or over the top rope. And he was the guy that ended up winning it. But it was, I was, you know, I had my 90 seconds to, you know, shine. And the guy brought me back for the show. Interesting. Interesting. So we see so that was all during the Alex Payne uh, reign for lack, you know, I don't like to rhyme, but it's time. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, it was, that was when he, I think the show before that was when he introduced that belt. And like, that was a whole, you know, thing for the show before this one. Great. We've had the ending of Hagedorn tagging himself in, pinning Hagedorn, arguing a little bit, and that leads to a car pinning Hagedorn in eight minutes and 44 seconds, bell to bell. And then we get some post match antics, pain, you know, pain attack. Uh, Jimmy Rave comes out to make the cave. 
And Yemeki reunited. But wait, Jimmy Rave turned on Yemeki. And then Joe Geeky comes in to make that cave. And that leads to Bryce Grimberg immediately calling for the bell for our next matchup. Jimmy Rave against Joe Geeky. Yeah, where'd Bryce come from? He just hopped into the ring. Just flew out of nowhere. He was just, he walked in the front door of the stuff on, ready to go. <laughs> he just like, literally, they like this. I go, and now Bryce is in the ring. And I was like, <laughs> we all getting in the ring? Well, yeah, you, you, you come out and Geeky, you have to help break up a fight. And you're like, just the two of them. And you start the match. That's how he, he knew there was a match, but they didn't know Jimmy Rave now, how we knew there would be a match when Jimmy Rave was unannounced and unadvertised, that I don't know, but... Now, now, now Jayhook, maybe just tell me in advance, bell to bell, what this match was. You don't, just the time. 7.25. I, I, then I literally must be living in a different uh, <laughs> plane of existence because it felt like they were 7.25 up in the balcony and you couldn't see what was going on. So it was seven minutes of staring at them fighting behind the fans in the balcony. Yeah, and the, it, they were back in the ring before the five minute mark. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It did not feel like that at all. When like Sam said, when you were watching it, it did feel like that those spots, especially with like, when you don't have like great like footage, to, like follow them around. That is like the worst thing to do for a TV product. It's, it's rough. I, I mean, again, I, you know, I believe you Jayhawk, but <laughs> according, to your time, according to your timeouts, this is only going to get us to like an hour and 10 minute card. And that was 245 on the- uh, it was every bit of the 245. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to remember there were like 11 matches on the fucking show too. Like what kind of like it would have a match card. Well, good point. <laughs> Sam, what were you drinking when you watch this? <laughs> uh, absence. No, <laughs> yeah, was- no, I have to. I have to be honest. If I, if I could remember what day of the week it was, then I would consult my, um, my, my, you know, whatever the bartender here, you know, would normally have for me. But um, I don't remember. But I was, I was fairly sober. Okay. So. Yeah, but they brawl on the floor. They brawl into the bathroom. The only bathroom the ring in the about, venue. The only bathroom in the venue you could. Only one. Oh, see, the, the, now see, Dan. There's a there's a hot tip. Really, there's only what was everyone doing. Going in the same bathroom. Going in the same bathroom. That's that's unacceptable. There was a show that I did at the Monster Factory. I did a camp with um, Victor Benjamin and Alex Daniels. It was the weirdest car ride there and back because we didn't know Victor Benjamin at all. And we got to this camp because Britt Baker was supposed to come, but she ended up canceling for some reason. So it was the three of us, <laughs> three of us that had never met, like really like me and Daniels had known each other, but uh, like, we didn't know Victor Benjamin at all. Got there, uh, did the first day and a half of the camp. And then they did like a 90 man Royal rumble with all the people that were in the camp on a show. And there was, you could not use the bathroom because you couldn't come out of the locker room. And that was a rule that you could not come out. It was, it was the weirdest show I had ever been a part of was that one. They're like, yeah, you can't, can't leave the, the locker room area for any reason. I was like, what? 90 man, Royal, 90 man Royal Rumble sounds like one of the fucking cauliflower alley show from the early 2010 too. Oh yeah. Uh, two rings that we had to move during, like before the show started, it was, it was insane. If the promoter was sitting somewhere back there, I went over by him and just started pissing and be like, well, I can't go to the bathroom. So that's where I'm going. <laughs> Your fault, so you're getting the brunt of this. Yeah, but they finally brought out of the bathroom. They go into the ring for about 10 seconds and brought back out to the floor, brought to the balcony, brought back out to the floor. We get our obligatory hardest part of the ring reference at this point. Which is the ring so, post, not the apron. But they, but they use the apron because that's the cliche at this point. They 
go for a superplex. You hear one of the commentators go, can the ring even support this? And I'm going, I hope so. I mean, Joe Gakey's not exactly a small guy, but neither guy can super heavyweight. Like, <laughs> like we just call Bear Beefcake jump off the top rope without a problem. And he about the same guy can both these guys combined. Like, it's not, I hope the ring can hold. Got to bring up the drama a little bit. They go back and forth for last minute, minute and a half. Jimmy Reeve pinned Gakey with a shining wizard. Kevin Minnick in 25 seconds, bell to bell. Now, granted, we got to count all the, the previous match and the aftermath there and the one segment. You're probably looking at 25, 30 minute curtain to curtain between the two matches. I can see why it would feel very long. No real spot to breathe or anything. I see Sam's Sam's uh, cheekiness right here, just like <laughs> smiling. I, they, that's what I mean. For a, it's it felt like they understood that you know they were they were on some type of timing because as soon as the match was over, the announcer got in and brought out the next two guys, and yet that this was a long card. So not the, the longest we've match, ever covered. Um, the next wait, the next two matches were so bizarre that like. <laughs> Like I, at one point I had to like, I, I, I had to, first of all, the, the, the second one of the next two, I had to just fast forward through because it just made me uncomfortable. It felt like something out of some type of S and M, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I will say that the card really felt schizophrenic. Maybe for a few matches, they feel like, I mean, okay. I mean, you got a little bit of comedy with green and and beefcake, but for the most part, they feel like they're running like a curious, uh, fairly curious promotion. And then these next two are right out the Shakara playbook. It's like, okay, are, are we curious or are we comedy or what are we doing? Why not were both? These, <laughs> were any of these guys in the next two matches Chikara guys? Um, Anthony Green was in the Young Lions Cup. I know that for sure. And I think Shockwave may have done something there, but I'm not sure. I, this, this, this. <laughs> no, we're we're close to where we need it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable just thinking about it. <laughs> Shockwave makes Sam uncomfortable. This is very interesting. <laughs> that that needs to be the uh, title of the show when you when you upload it, Butter. <laughs> I, I wasn't. Uh, I that, that was actually supposed to be one of my next couple matches in that company. Was going to be me and Shockwave. Oh god, that was gonna try be to, so good. And I was going to try to give him a USB drive with my. Yes. Oh, see? so good. See, that's one of the uh, the unused Dr. Dan moments where I was like, all right, what can I do? I'm like, USB flash drive. Dan, Dan I wonder if, if, if Shockley was developed in one of the research laboratories at uh, Yale, your, uh, your alma mater, you right? Know, the world may never know now. No. <laughs> yeah, right. well, speaking of these neck matches, let's go to it. We've got a mustache versus mustache match. Anthony Green against Yodeling Johan Wunderschnittel. I don't know if he ever works a car or not, but that gimmick is straight out of car, and I love it for some weird reason. I don't even know why. He also didn't have a mustache. Oh, he, he had a he did, but barely. He barely had one. Yeah, was, think, I, if I remember, he like grew it out and like was like, I got one. I got one for the match. <laughs> I think it felt like it felt like there was really nothing on the line for him because it looked <laughs> like on TV that he didn't have a mustache. Yeah, yeah. Think Earl Flynn if it's like just starting to grow, right? I just, I just really dated myself with that reference. Oh boy. Anyway. Yeah. As you always do at least once a week, Jay Gold. I, I always do at least once a week. I called you Jay Gold, not Jay Hawk. Jeez. Yes, you did. And I didn't even blink, which is the cat thing. Oh man. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm having a time over here. When we get the other gold team brother on the show, I, I, I get it. Yeah. We got already Sam won. this week. It's awesome. God, already Sam forcing me out, Jay Hawk. Already, already looking past, already looking past his appearance. 
No, Josh I'm not was, doing that at Josh all. Josh was telling me how excited he was to hear me and Sam on the podcast. And I was like, are you excited because you're excited to hear me? Or are you excited to hear your brother? Because you can talk to your brother any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, But this match is play pretty much strictly for comedy. Uh, Anthony Green turns the match into karaoke night early on. He's just singing songs while he's, while he's doing commission moves. Uh, they do the 10, the 10 turnbuckle count along and the 10th is a shot to the rear end of, of Angel Kinclair. When Johan's like, do it again. And got basically forced himself into a rear end. Like even, even two years later, I don't feel uncomfortable paying that to that spot. Uh, there's one spot where uh, Johan does an airplane spinning Ava Everett and threw, him in, threw her into a cutter on the, on the green for two. And then Johan gets a lap dance late in the match and Brayton can actually act if he wants to quit. And even I'm going, no. <laughs> it's like, why are you acting that, Brayton? Fuck. You know, he's got a, his prerogative is to ask. I get that. But still, like, I, that's like the weirdest commission move I've ever seen. Okay. I, Butters, like, I, I know this is obviously a podcast, but he's just staring. At, like, I don't know if he's staring into his own soul or just the <laughs> fact that I made him watch the show. I'm not sure which. <laughs> I enjoyed the show up until after the battle Royal. And then like, I just, I really got disinterested in it. So, but I also had eaten while I was watching the first half. So then I got tired in the second half and was like, I kind of want to take a nap, but I did not take a nap. I stayed awake for the whole show. I I didn't, but I see, look, I thought the production was, was strong. Yeah. I, I, you know, this to me was not like, this was not like watching some, you know, uh, you know, overly bright, you know, high school gym and, you know, weird, like, you know, I, I thought the production on this was, was was strong. I mean, again, this match and then the next match, I, I, and then frankly, you know, a few more matches. But you know, I, you know, it's fine. But like then, but then I understood. But then I kept watching. And I understood why Doctor Dan, you know, uh, had us watch this. So you know, it's okay. As it moved along, I got it. I realized that the moment why he would want us to watch this. <laughs> kind of curious where you're going. End up going with that. We'll get there. Apparently. Um. I like so, Anthony Green. I, I I like to see more of him, uh, more places now that he's back on the Indies. Um, Jay Gold just just messaged me and said, "Tell Sam he stinks." So there's that. Uh, but how yeah. dare you? How dare you say that to Herb Abram Gobbleganger? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> oh man, you ever watched the Dark Side of the no Ring about him? Oh, Sam, you got to watch the dark side of the ring about Herb Abrams. You'll love it. He's right up your alley. Well, I'm, I'm not sure we're talking about the same alley, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Match ends when Green stopped the lap dance with a Cooper kick. Kevin Minnick in 42 seconds. Up next, we have the three-man team of Job Security, J-O-B Security. They come out and basically hijack the show, talking about how the robots are going to end up taking over, and out comes Shockwave the robot. Uh, I have made Sam uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to admit, uh, I didn't fast forward the match. I watched the match, but I took like no notes on it. My only note is largely played for comedy, which is fine, but this was too long for what they were doing. Yes, very long. I just remember him doing the robot a couple of times in the center of the rig and giggling. That's that's about it. (laughs) Like they talked about, they talked about somebody like throwing water on Shockwave the robot at the last show. I'm like, why can't everybody doing that if you know it works now? Like, why are we watching this now? I that's, didn't like the that's thing. the same logic as when Dom would be barefoot. Why wouldn't people just step on his feet instantly? Okay, every match. I, I've explained to you more than once why got why barefoot wrestling with Barefoot. Oh, but but again, I've not heard. I've not heard this. 
Yeah, because you, because uh, once you get used to wrestling barefoot, you get a better grip on the mat with the bare feet than you would do if you wear a boot because you're not used to it. Yeah, that's fair. I thought it was going to be more comical or something like that rather no. than a serious answer. <laughs> no, he has a lot. He tries to use, you know, logic against me sometimes. But to be fair, I still think that everybody should just go after his feet. Like it made so much sense when I want to say it was. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need to Matt Riddle one. Is that what you're thinking? No, no. It, this was done in like a no. Sure that doesn't make it post production. It was done at the Odeon. <laughs> it was done at the Odeon against Dom, and it was like a no DQ match, and was they used a chair on him. Yes, it was Dawn's. That's who it was. That's who I was trying to think of. Dawn's so used like a chair on his feet, and it was like, I was like, yes, see, exactly. And now Dom and, uh, wears shoes. So you see how that works. Yeah, the, so we were in Marion, Ohio for a legendary Marion Championship Wrestling show. They are, they're rough. They're like our, like, like they were like the AIW A developmental, like the A League of Baseball. It was like the lowest of low, like everyone go there, just get some reps. And me and Dom were a tag team at one point. And I turned on Dom with, I think, Carson as my new partner. And we went to hit Dom with the hoverboard on his feet. And I actually hit him with it. <laughs> I was waiting. You to, you I, I was tell wait, the story. I thought I was going to strangle the entire way home. I was waiting for it. I literally was driving like, ah, oh, Dom's going to fucking kill me. Oh my, I'm, I'm going to fucking die. I was just waiting for it. <laughs> I will never forget. I hit him with it and I turned and I went, oh shit. Here's <laughs> Dom hobbling to the back. Like, <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, Shockwave pin, Malcolm Moss, eight minutes and 30 seconds. I'm going to borrow a line from Jay Gold, nine minutes too long. (laughs) Uh, I get what they were going for. If it was a three-minute match, perfectly fine. We went eight, nine. It was too long. Too long for what they were doing. That's the story of pretty much this whole show from like here on out. It's like a lot of stuff just drags on way too long, but the, the point got across, but it was like you said, it's uh, it just lingered forever. We have intermission here. We come back from intermission with the galactic rumble, a Royal rumble rule. Basically there, I think there's nine people in it and two of them come out together. One minute interval with like seven minutes and the last person's already in the ring. Uh, we start out with Marcus Skyler and Jick, Angel can clear and Ava Everett come out together. Wild hog comes out next and uh, right out of Steve guys clog it. <laughs> Can I tell one story about Jix real quick? Go for it. The uh, the promoter, when he wrote down everything, I think he may have like looked away when he was writing. So I thought it said Jinx. <laughs> so I, I'm like, wait, what did I, how did I miss this? So I immediately text Jinx and I was like, hey, uh, are, are you on the show in Philly? Because I saw the card like three hours early. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm in Pittsburgh. I was like, Oh, this is super awkward now. Like I like the guy, like you had just really bad handwriting or something, but I was like, all right, someone I actually know pretty well is going to be in this match. Nope. Just some, some, you know, giant dude. (laughs) I I won't name names here, but they're a promoter when he's writing out the card, he cannot write his R for the life of him. And anytime they're correctly named Kurt on the show, it doesn't look like Kurt. (laughs) And I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Oh no. Oh my. Anyway, Jick getting eliminated by Sinclair after a really bad-looking elimination attempt. I think they're going for the 
eliminate yourself by mistake thing, and it looked really bad. At that point is when Dr. Dan comes out, pushing the DCR method. <laughs> then we get Hot Dog Stark coming to the ring to the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Hot Dog song. Who also forgot his hot dog costume. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was going to say there's no way that's what he normally wrestled in. Nope, he usually wears a hot dog costume. And uh, he came up to me and he goes, yeah, by the way, forgot the hot dog costume. Like, how? How do you forget your gear? It's the one thing. It's literally <laughs> your entire gimmick. How? Without the costume, you're just Starks. He had, the hot dog, he had the hot dog pants and the Mickey Mouse hands, and that was it. Oh, that, that would be like me showing up at a show without a referee shirt. Like, why, why would you do that? I mean, besides I you be- being a terrible referee, I mean. Okay, Butter. Hey, 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 hey. We can't, uh, you can't talk about bad referees or else we're going to conjure up some bad spirits. <laughs> Might, might get some might, might get some vegetable trying to call into the show god i'm glad we don't have a, a line for people to call in Actually, yeah, they're, they're, they're they're tubers aren't they yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the uh the platinum honey get eliminated uh well we actually for, i'm sorry first off i missed uh I, maybe i mentioned and i forgot i mentioned it dr dan eliminates wild hog that's when hot dog start came out also um wild hog wasn't trained Somehow I'm not surprised. And I asked, I looked right at him. I said, what do you, how are you safe? At, or, do you guys ever see that video on, on, um, on Twitter? I think Derek posted it like a year and a half ago of Arthur MacArthur flying out of the ring face first over the top. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, I, that was my biggest fear at that point was with that guy. I was like, do you safely know how to get yourself out of the ring? I was like, if not, I will, I will set you on the floor. But like, I want to make sure you're not gonna die on me. I almost lost one kid. I can't lose someone else. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, well, he made it out alive. So it worked out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you get you end up getting the platinum honey on the apron, and Wild Hog kind of pulls him off the apron because he can keep dancing with him. Neat little spot. He also gave everybody out. paper cuts, so you know. Yeah, lots of paper cuts in this match. That had to be a good part of the match, and also the the announcers' reactions to it were were great. <laughs> Every single time he did it, he goes, how's he going to use his hand? Oh, Jermaine comes out next. He destroys one of Dr. Dan's pamphlets while Brace Rimper in the corner going, no, you need to look at this. Brace is fucking great. I love Brace. I couldn't believe he, he just did that all on his own. Didn't no prompting or anything. He just the whole time was sitting there reading the pamphlet. Like, this is great. Just like asking people <laughs> if they read it. Yeah. He, he understood the assignment. That's what it was. He, he, exactly. He got it. Uh, we mentioned it a few weeks ago when we had Boron, but Brake Remberg had done improv legit. So, like, yeah, you're not going to get one over on Brake. Brake's probably going to actually add a lot to the you're not even thinking of. Right. Now, the American Kumo comes out next. Around this time, everybody tries to eliminate Hot Dog Stark, and Stark does a great job not getting eliminated here. Like, he's putting his foot between the ropes and hooking his ankle. Fantastic job there. It'd be more impressive if he had the hot dog suit on. Well, yeah. That American sumo is a big guy, by the way. Oh, real big guy. I think he lost a lot of weight recently. Because I think I've seen a picture of him. Like, he slimmed down, but he definitely was a big, big dude then. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah my only question would have been, like, everybody trying to get Stark out of the ring. I'd be like, I'd be trying to get sumo out of the ring because he's, like, bigger than everybody else in the ring combined right now. But, yeah, nitpicky stuff. Skyler gets eliminated. We're down to the final four. We're focusing the camera on Stark and sumo here. So we miss Dr. Dan eliminate Jermaine. At this point... Oh, actually, I have that. I have that note here. I have that note. I was going to ask, that. how did you do it? <laughs> I, I don't even remember. Like, 
I think I just like dumped him out and like hit him or something. It was something simple. It was his first match and he was like super nervous about it. And he actually, when I put out the, my post about stepping away from wrestling, he commented on it like, oh man, you were in my first match. And until I rewatched the show, I could not remember who that was. And they said his name and I'm like, oh, it's that kid. Small world. Okay, at this point, Kumu uh, working over Dr. Dan, actually standing on top of Dr. Dan and start come from behind and eliminate him. Yeah, standing on top of Dr. Dan, gave him the leverage, get him over the top. It was that little he, extra bit of height. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of gravity. You get underneath the big guy and topple him over. At this point, Dr. Dan tries to give Stark a paper cut, but Stark is still wearing the Mickey Mouse glove, so it does nothing. <laughs> and then Stark stupidly takes the glove off after we know that, that this just worked. He ends up, ends up going over the top rope on the apron, and Dr. Dan just keeps giving him paper cuts because he can no longer hold the top rope and he falls to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Good shit. I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm enjoying it, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was. I thought it was a fun match. Four, Fourteen minutes and twenty seven seconds. Probably the shortest rumble I've ever seen. But in out did its job. Yeah, because I, I always refer to some of these matches as uh, you got to do it kindergarten style. You got to line everyone up in order of how it happens, and then once like in like just like you would in kindergarten, like line everybody up. Okay, you you're out. All right, move. Condense the yeah. line and like you just keep working. It was just one of those. We just had to do it kindergarten style in that little tiny room in the back. Oh, so it's like it. It's quick enough to not overstay its welcome. It's long enough that you can follow it along. Like what I hate is when they try to rush through things and there's like five elimination in like thirty seconds and not, what just happened. Right. Yeah. So I appreciate that everything. Everything had enough time to breathe without overstaying its welcome. I mean, it's really hard to have a bad rumble match too. So I see it happen, but it's hard to happen. Okay. So from here, we're getting Sly Stetson against Grizzly Redwood. Now, the angle here is that Sly Stetson is Eric Viking's extremely young-looking father. I've never seen him in the same room twice. You can draw your own conclusion from that. Never came in the same room at the same time. Uh, Stetson is full MAGA here, but he goes, you know what? I'm done with Donald Trump. I'm going to throw the hand of the crowd, stomp on it, do what you want to do. Trump's not evil enough. He's not building the wall big enough. I want the wall to go all the way to the moon. I want to cover the entire country, not just the Mexican border. Hey, good stuff. I didn't get it. <laughs> did you time this promo? I did not. I wish I would have. It went on a while. Well, I remember being in the back and be like, is this still happening? Like, I just couldn't. I couldn't believe it that it was. It, and then even watching it back, I was like, this is a lot. It was just, it was long. And I, I get like what they're setting up because it's, you know, uh, setting up a whole angle here. But it was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a long promo. Yeah, well, uh, that, my, half of my notes are this promo. <laughs> that, that's how all you need to know, I think. <laughs> yeah, he got him at the match with Grinky the Word Word. He can, they've come to a gentleman's agreement no punches, kicks, or choking. In other words, they're going to have a wrestling match. Of course, once the match starts, that's the first one to throw a punch, which angers Redwood. They do a ref bump with Bryce. The crowd starts chanting, you killed Bryce. And then Beefcake comes out. Tegan's like, he's going to attack Stetson. He attacks Redwood instead. He comes with a power bomb. then throws Bryce in the position. Bryce counts the pin nine minutes and 23 seconds. Bell to bell. Had to be at least 15 from Curtin to bell. It was a little confusing, but yeah. I didn't think the wrestling was bad. So the match, match itself was fine. Promo was a little bit too long. And, and again, like... I. I, I think no. I think, don't think it shocked anybody that Eric Viking is playing the Clyde Stetson character here. That's why you don't see them in the same room at the same time. So that, I mean, that to me, that's gonna be confusing too. Just if you're not following along very closely, it's okay. Well, if, if you're 
playing your own father, like how do you pay the off? And I legit don't know how they paid it off. I've never looked into it, but I'm not sure. I did not see a show after this one. I think there's some back to the future logic in there. Possibly. They could something about, well, he found the fountain of youth. Oh, there's got to be more to it than that. Like, did he freak himself for 20 years while I walked with me? Like, what happened? Like, give me something. You know what, Dan, we didn't even talk about at the end of the last, at the end of, the, of your, uh, at the end of the rumble. So you basically come in, hot shot a win in a, in a battle royal, and then never show back up in the company? <laughs> yeah, that's what it looked like. It ended up that that's what happened. It goes, it was just one of those things. It was the, the day after the AIW show where KTB broke the ring at the Winchester. It was a July show. Uh-huh. And my dad was racing that weekend. And like when I was wrestling, I wasn't going racing with them out of town. So it was just like one of those things where we had like seven people off of work. I couldn't like, there was no way I could leave. And the promoter, he was like, he was like, obviously upset day of the show at like 5. AM. I'm like after doing ring crew and everything, I was like, yeah, I, I can't make this happen. So I was like, I got way too much of my real life going on. And then that kind of is how it, it broke down on that. It was kind of a bummer. Cause I really enjoyed going to these shows and especially with, you know, a promoter that was like, Oh wow. Like I, see something in you. That was pretty much like the biggest bummer of it. But yeah, hot shot at a win after uh, a 30 second debut match. And I was uh, the galactic champion. <laughs> Kelly, we didn't, Charlie, we have, we have to put into post. We have to like somehow make it where, where we make sure we get that remark. And when we're talking about the, uh, the rumble originally, because I can't believe I let it slip. I have it written down here. I mean, what a, what a run, what a run. But the, uh, they have an alien character. I don't remember. I don't think he's on the show. I don't like these characters. No robots, no aliens. <laughs> I was going to wrestle the alien at the next show. <sighs> and then, but my ultimate goal was, was I was going to try to get the ancient aliens guy to do a promo with me. I was like, man, that would work out great. Cause my original pitch was like, <laughs> if I could wrestle like Chris Statlander or something. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, I got a better idea. Guy in a green alien costume. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't really think like a better idea, but personally, but so Sam, do you not like aliens and robots because it, you're afraid it's going to awaken something in you? No, I just don't. It just doesn't work for me as wrestling gimmicks. Like, it's just not like it's not did, happening. Did you know that the Ninja Turtles were a wrestling gimmick at one time? No, I didn't. So <laughs> now that you've told me, it doesn't change my thoughts at all. In fact, reinforces them. <laughs> Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, re- I'll really blow your mind, Cam. You know what promotion used a Ninja Turtle gimmick? Smoky Mountain. Really? I would have thought they were above that. I thought they were all about uh, briefcase matches and that kind of stuff. Oh well. Yeah, yeah it, it wound up it, it wound up being Brian Hildebrand dressed like a Ninja Turtle beating up Jim Cornette at a show one night. If it would be a kid beating up, yeah, for the kid, the Ninja Turtle beating up on Cornette. I love right. a book on his face right now. <laughs> whatever. I mean, look, whatever. You know, look, you, you, you take you take risks. The gobbledygooker, right? I mean, you, you, you take shots in this world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next is the sweetheart brawl between CPA and Troy Nelson. Uh, sweetheart brawl just means there are sweetheart candy all over the ring being used like Lego or thumbtack, whatever you want to do. Uh, better than, and, than me, I would not do this. And it was a t- and basically it was a Taipei death match. Like yep. I was, I alluded to before, they were trying to figure out how to get these sweetheart candies on their fists in this little locker room where they had no room to move. And they're like, does anyone have a blow dryer? Does anyone have this or that? And they were trying to figure it out like for hours. It was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Again, I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't think the match was bad. I just, you know, the, the card started to, you know, the card started to run a little long at some point, but I thought the match was good. And look, I, I, I like these guys. I like both of them. 
the, uh, the, fin- the finish was my favorite on the show. Yeah, Nelkin with Nelkin with ba- Nelkin with a tape candy fifth and a like a dick punch. Well, no, the the whole thing, the the pop up into the splits, yeah, into the into the crop shot, and it was great. I think uh, he was well, yeah, five minutes and twenty seconds, bell to bell. CPA knows how to get it done. Yes, and, and I don't was, think he. I don't think he wanted to work fifteen minutes on work uh, taking bumps on the fucking candy, and I don't blame him either. This uh, they had like a series of gimmick matches all over the place, and they had a coal miners glove match previously at this company. And then they had a, a necktie match, like a tuxedo match where like, if you lost your tie, you were eliminated with Anthony green as the third in the previous show. So it was just, it was such a, it was a wild match. It was great. And, and this company is, is it still running? Uh, yeah, uh, they yes, ran, actually they just ran their first show uh, like a couple, like a month ago or something. Yeah. Uh, Cloak, the, re, Cloak re-encounter what they called it. And they have Charlie, been, is that on is that on IWTV? Maybe I'll have to check it out. It is. I, I mean, I was going to say I believe so. All right. See, good good plug for them. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. And their next one will be on November 12th in Westville, New Jersey. Oh, I imagine that's somewhere around me. It has a, a spaceman on on the the poster. Right, then I will not be there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to that show. <laughs> Are you saving your wrestling time for uh, Hell on Earth if you're coming down here? Can't can't do Hell on Earth. We'll be we'll be at the one in December. All right. Of course, that's the one I'm not going to be at. Fun. Anyway, you're going to be at that one. It's on a Saturday. I'm booked. You're booked on a Saturday. Yeah. You're not booked. Quit lying. It, I I I would rather be booked at an AIW show than where I'm booked on the on that day. I'm not going to lie, but I'm booked that night. Where are you at? I'll be working Rubber Kitty Wrestling that night. I'm, I manage out there. Okay. Yeah, uh, I uh, butter can been to one of their shows. I know how we feel about it, but they draw a good crowd. Can I get paid? So <laughs> don't get apologize, Jayhawk. Just get that money. Do you from right. there? Too much, too much dead air. Too much dead air. <laughs> well, we added all the dead air out anyway. It's fine. Jayhawk's gonna work on getting COVID. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing my fucking mask out there. I fuck that. Yeah, and it's let's, a heel gimmick that out, that out there that you wear your mask. That just tells you what kind of fucking people you're dealing with. <laughs> And and again, I get paid. So yeah, and COVID cash. Come, hey man, d- d- don't uh, don't hate on the COVID cash. I did plenty of COVID wrestling shows, man. Detroit, Detroit was a, the wild, wild west. Yeah, COVID cash, Ben. No. Which promotion were you in, Detroit? Horror Slam. Arthur MacArthur was real over on that summer t- on that summer circuit out there. Oh, that was was that summer twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, that was some of those I following some of the guys on Twitter, you know, some of you guys like that was, that was like, that was, that was like something post-apocalyptic. It seemed like we, we did a show. Every show was legitimately in someone's backyard and they would just bring like, Hey, Sabir and food for us. And we're like, all right. And then people are doing death matches in front of like three people. It was insane. Yikes. But that's how you, you know, a lot of them guys, like they had that time that, you know, to practice and like, They've come back now and they've their leaps and bounds better than they were when we stopped for COVID. So, oh yeah, it, that like that definitely. They actually got to like have time. They got they had like twenty five minutes in one match. It was Bitcoin versus Bulky season. They went mm-hmm. twenty five. It was like that was definitely like the best thing for them was those shows. But the shows were bad. It, it's really hard to question people working too many bad shows though, and like legitimate workers are working no ring death match shows. So right. Yeah, but like the promoters at least smart enough to not fly in guys from 
phoenix that nobody knows just Bow. because <laughs> like that's right, my favorite dumb shit. uh my favorite fly in people that no one knows promotion of all time was cleveland knights oh when god fly, when they would fly in like all the puerto rican talent that literally no like no one in the area knew and like no one knew who these people were and you're just flying them in i'm guessing on like good flights and everything like that so they're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on people that you had like 15 people in the crowd and they brought eric bischoff in and paid nobody but bischoff yep they're gonna take over cleveland i just remember that <laughs> they're taking over and then it was a tax scheme yeah, well, they, they tried to pass Bischoff off as the new owner of the company when people you know, confronted Bischoff on it. It's like, I have no idea what you're fucking talking about. You were booked on the fucking show. <laughs> anyway, from there, our next matchup, Billy Avery against Smash Bradley. Wait, so who else are we burying? <laughs> we, we, we have named no name as far as people were actually, as far as the actual people were burying. So. We're going to put those in in post. We're going to start. No, just can, you, uh, can you call Jonah and get the burial ground? <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> a lot of shoving. Yeah, a lot of yeah. shoving. He's, he's a big fan funny. of shoving. <laughs> so which match was that, Jayhawk? That Billy was, uh, Avery and Smash Bradley. Your body's best friend. <laughs> what, a lot of Avery. shoving in this match, too. Yeah, I don't know how much to say about this one. This one and the next one didn't really... I had about as much interest in these as I did in the uh, robot. Yeah, my only issue with this matchup here, it, gets, it worked a lot like the first one was with Beefcake. You got a guy who's a lot bigger, and so that's pretty much a story. You can that guy straight to his advantage. We've already seen this on the show. Uh, they did a, a power slam on the floor. Avery rolled it into 9.9. At least he didn't lie there unconscious until 9 and go, oh, wait, yeah, I'm going to come back in the ring. Like He actually like crawled and struggled to get in, so I was okay with it. American Kumo comes to ringside to watch the match. Avery does a counter into a crock arm breaker and actually gets the win in 539. Avery does like nothing and wins on a, on a commission. I mean, I guess we've seen enough UFC fights that, yes, it's kind of believable, but at the same time, like in pro wrestling, like you've done nothing. How did you win the match here? This was, come, this was somehow a very long five minutes and 39 seconds and yet a way too abrupt finish at the same time. I haven't figured that out yet. Hey, you got, got that magic. Uh... Submission got him in the hold and tapped him out. It's all that matters. All right. Our next match, we're at the semifinal. We've got Freddie Flamingo against TJ Crawford with Brody as the special referee. So basically, these three guys were all part of the same group. And Crawford turned on Flamingo at a previous show, and Brody kind of stuck in the middle. Back your story for the match. This is actually my favorite match of the card. I'm going to disagree with Sam here. I like this one a lot. No, actually, you know what? I, I, I'm actually wrong. I actually did like this one, and I did have a question. I wrote down a question about this. So who was really the intention of putting over in this match in terms of, like, future planning ahead of the gimmick? Was it Brody? That would be my guess based on how it went down. Yeah, no, this was actually a good match. You're right. I, I, I enjoyed this. Both these guys are real good. I did a, uh, a Chikara camp, like a three-day weekend camp. And Freddie was in the camp with me and it was like, he's a really cool dude. That's why when I saw, like, I remember this, I forgot this match was on the show and then it popped up and I was like, Oh wow. I forgot that he was even here. It goes, that's also when I got my new boots, I called him cause his boots are almost the same as mine. So I just like the look like, it almost looks like a dress shoe. So I was like, I call, I was like messaged him. I was like, who made your boots? Cause I kind of like don't want to totally copy them, but like, I want to copy them. Yeah, we got a fun little matchup here. Uh, match starts off a lot of counter because they're former partners. They're one step ahead of each other. They know each what each other does. That's fantastic. Uh, Flamingo gets the first cover. Brody duck and start the count right away. 
But at the match going on, like the reps to cover are pretty consistent throughout. So I'm, I'm going to chalk that up as, oh, yeah, I'm a referee and he's not used to that role. I have no issue with that. Uh, Flamingo is actually like standing on Crawford's back a couple of different times. You can back up the surfboard. A nice little visual. Uh, he actually does a sunset flip out of that position at one point as well. There's some really neat stuff in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flamingo at one time does a head kicker and almost like a face slam when he's draped over the middle rope. Get a near fall off of that. Get near the end of the match. Crawford gets a Texas cloverleaf on. Flamingo reaches the rope. Crawford duck and break. Uh, Brody decides to pull him off rather than call for the DQ. Crawford grabs a conch shell. Brody grabs it from him, then hits Flamingo with it himself, and we get the quick pin at 10 minutes and 24 seconds. Like, this is my favorite match of the entire card. This is the third heel turn of the show, though. How many people, how many heel turns are we going to have in one night? Three. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Some companies don't do three turns in a year. They did three turns in like two hours. They're just trying to tell some stories. And it's starting to look like an episode of Raw, though, where they're telling the same story for the entire three hours. <laughs> Again, I love the match. I'm not knocking the match. I'm not knocking it before from anybody involved with it. It's, I, that would have meant a lot more if that was the only turn of the night. Right. Agreed. I don't remember anything we- from this match. So th- thanks for, for telling me that story. You, you need to stop eating in, in the middle of the show. Like either... Eat way before or wait till that show's over. First of all, I don't remember asking you what I should be doing. <laughs> My back hurting from having to carry your act on the show, butter. Sir, wow. sir, I hate to tell you, but there are two other people here that people came to listen to, not us. So, <laughs> okay, that's fair. Don't, don't discount right. yourself. You're the, you're the soothing voice of IWTV guy. Come on. And Dr. Dan and I are just two Ivy League guys just trying to, trying to get by. Exactly. We're just trying to have a good time. All right. And maybe, I got my I'm I got my tea and I don't know what what Sam's drinking but we're just having a good time. Having diet coke and some kind of seltzer that my wife had. I uh, I may be on IWTV eventually. I'm gonna let that slip now, but I'm not gonna say for what until it's uh, official. Nice. Teasers. Yep, gotta Teasers. gotta drop some breadcrumbs here and there, you know. If if it comes off like a neat project, I call okay about it. It's going to be fun. I think it's, I got the right crew for it. It came off pretty well from the stuff I've seen so far. I think it's, we'll be all right. If yeah, not, we, I, I burnt the shit out of my mouth eating the bomb <laughs> wing sauce for no fucking reason. So, <laughs> and then we go to our main event of the show. Finally, PWE championship is on the line. They've been advertising Alex Payne defending the boat against Tracy Williams. <laughs> the best time to announce that he's not here. Yeah, they 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 have mentioned this for the entire fucking show. Like every match, they're like, "I can't wait to keep Tricky Williams take that belt from Alex Payne." Tricky Williams can get there. He legitimately hurt. He, I believe, it canceled the AIW show before this, also. Yeah, and so it wasn't a shock that he wasn't there, if I remember, because I saw like hot sauces on the card. I'm like, is he actually wrestling? Because like I'm pretty sure he canceled the AIW show. But Eric, I got there, and he was not there. Again, this pro- this promo. Now I get it. He's not there, but this promo <laughs> took practically longer than the match, and he kept not announcing what was going on. I love that he, he said he was going to put over uh, hot sauce, and I'm just like, you're the promoter, and you're just inside baseballing this in the middle of your promo right now with with this match. Wait, like, but then at one point <sighs> the announcers blow it because at one point I hear the announcers go, "Did he just say Bobby Dempsey? Is Bobby Dempsey?" And then the guy goes, "Bobby Dempsey," and I'm like. Somebody didn't get like somebody missed something there. Like, you know, he missed the line in the script. Bobby Dempsey comes out. I thought it was Gangrel. Like, I, this goes. 
No. no. I love the fact that Eric Viking come out at himself like maybe 45 minutes after he come out at, at his so-called father. And there's one woman in the crowd that like will not play along and just booing the shit out of him because she, because you know, get the same guy. Like, you know, like, let me pretend for the cake of the show. Like, come on. Like, no, she would not let him hear the end of it. Was that the same woman who they, for some reason, randomly brought into the ring to shave Johan Wunderschnitzel's mustache when they lost the match? <laughs> I have no idea, actually. We but We didn't talk about that. Did you guys see that? That, that, uh, yeah. that Anthony Green ended up not shaving him. He brought some woman out of the crowd to do it. On in, on in participation. Are you okay over there, buddy? <laughs> yeah. he, he is deceased. Oh, my God. Like we're, we're doing the Kongu and Butter from Cough Green for like a minute and a half. Like, are you okay? He keeled over. Oh, man. Okay, Grell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he, he looked like him. <laughs> yeah, uh, Disrespect you never wait to alumni harder. Bobby Dempsey like that. Come on, man. <laughs> Eric Viking put Bobby Dempsey over over hard in the promo, and I'm kind of trying to remember a Bobby Dempsey match that I thought was anything more than okay. And that's not a knock on Bobby Dempsey, really not. I'm sure he had plenty of good stuff. I have not seen a lot of him, especially in the last few years. But Doctor Dan, what's Bobby Dempsey's kind of area? Do you know his region? From everything I've seen, he really only works like PWE since like 2015 or so. He was like a old like a old ROH guy, mm-hmm. and he always was like working because that's like a lot of the connection in this company was. Um, Eric Viking and um, Shane Hagedorn and all those guys at Bobby Dempsey were all ROH students. And so they were all like on TV and like doing the ring truck and all that stuff. So like they were all like a tight knit group. So there a lot of that's why a lot of them are, you know, all like doing this company together. And, and where most of them train, were they like, were they Monster Factory or Chikara? Or? ROH. Oh, 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 you said that. You said, I'm yeah, sorry. You they're all that. ROH students. Yeah. I think like hot sauce too at one point. I'm not quite sure. I know there's like a whole, like all of them are, you know, grouped together. Cause there was a podcast before I did the first show that um, I forget. I think it was honorable pod that Shane Hagedorn does. They had Eric Viking on and he like kind of told the story about like how they all knew each other and everything like that. Interesting. Okay. So uh, match took a pretty good story. Pain is working over Demke's knee. Demke is making it. A- making a comeback and, and he's telling the knee on some big move. We might able get the pin. Fantastic. The locker room comes out and empty to support Dempsey. Dempsey does eventually get the pin and the title. Kevin minutes and 50 seconds, bell to bell counting the promo, probably close to 20. And then we go off the air with Bobby Dempsey covering a big win. Yeah. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a strong way to end the show. People seem genuinely happy about it. I mean, Dempsey's been wrestling in that Philadelphia area for a very long time. So I'm, sh- I'm sure the local fan can see them coming up from the ROH system and working local promotion. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's a big deal for him. So, yeah. Oh, yeah no, for, that, forgot, for that audience, that show. We forgot to talk about during the, uh, the super long promo to set this up when the promoter was just like, yeah, I know who's here to see uh, hot sauce. And there's like three people that yelled and he just like, oh, oh yeah, he's not here. <laughs> They're just like, oh. <laughs> I really, I didn't, I didn't get it. I once, once they said he wasn't going to be there. I'm like, they've been talking about him all night. Like I was, it was funny. Like, yeah, they've been talking, they've been talking about him all, they've been talking about him all night. Like you had to know ahead of time. He wasn't coming because he wasn't canceling other date. I was like, and I, and I, and I like the, and I do like the fact that kind of old school booking, but okay. Guy in the main event, not there. You need to put a baby fake over at the end of the night. And 
obviously he gave away that was the plan to be to begin with anyway was maybe they were going to go over at the end of the night <laughs> right so got the got, got the game finished just not with the guy you wanted yeah you should have started the show with that uh some semblance of that promo minus all the spoilers right. yeah i, I would have that was that's what i would have kept their cut i you know Drakey Williamkin's not here tonight, but Derek, we have found a substitution in the main event. You don't even have to announce Bobby Demke if you don't want to. Have him come out and be the surprise, but yeah, announce that at the beginning of the night. So, Dan, let me ask you this kind of show. Is this one of those you turn around and drive back the same night, or were you uh, just stay in a hotel? No, I actually stayed with the promoter. So he, uh, Eric Vikey, let me stay the night before. I drove, I drove, I had a funeral the night before this show. To finish the funeral, drove to his house and got there at like 4 a.m., slept there. They have a, a documentary crew there at 6 a.m., and they filmed like the entire day. I think it's on YouTube. I'm not sure. I'll have to find it or ask because I remember it being like there was a documentary crew there the whole time. And then we did the show. I actually went to after the show with um, like a. Anthony Green, the Hunt, Platinum Honeys, and like a handful of other people, we all went to a diner that Paul Heyman would go to uh, during the ECW days. Like we went there and it was like, it was just a cool night to like hang out with everybody. And then the next day I actually drove to uh, Erie for um, uh, revenge, revenge pro because I was uh, unannounced in their rumble that next day, <laughs> which I got, I got spotted walking into the ballroom for that venue and I forget who, but someone told people that I was there and they went and bought toilet paper. So when I came <laughs> out, they already had it. So I came through the curtain on the hoverboard and immediately toilet paper started to hit me. And I went, oh, shit. That's funny. You're like the uh, what do they call it in AEW? The, the wild card or the uh, when they do those battle royals and whoever the who was Adam Page recently? You know? The Joker. <laughs> the Joker. But you're no, no Joker, see, Dr. Dan. You are. A no, serious I'm not. Man. I'm just kind of a clown. It's all right, though. Yeah, I, I, I will say the one disappointing thing about the Rumble in this match, because there was no room on the floor, you couldn't do the hoverboard. Like one of my favorite blocks when you go over the top and you end up landing on the hoverboard, but your feet don't hit the floor. Right. I think I did it at the show before this, if I remember, because I literally like told Joe Gacy, like, hey, this and this, throw me over. I'll come back around and throw me back out. Like, because I already did it once, so I don't think I was going to do it again. I mean, yeah, that, that, that venue is absolutely not conducive to anything like that. Well, All right, we're, 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 we're getting close to the three-hour mark of talking about the three-hour show. Oh, I'm, I'm joking a little bit there, but when I went near that, I'm joking. But but thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I'm, Anybody? I'm a, I'm a thumbs up on this. Seems like everyone there had a good time. Seems like the crowd was happy to be there. I'm a, I'm a thumbs up on this. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's, it, these shows are tough to watch, you know, back, you know, years later when you, you know, like Joe Gacy, isn't he wrestling for WWE now? Like, you know, yeah, and, he's and, on and, NXT. Yeah, and you said the other good, you know, what's his name? Uh, Beefcake, you know, is for Bear, Bear Country. I mean, Anthony Green had his run. I mean, you know, so it's a little weird to see these, but I, I'm a thumbs up. I thought it was a good show, and, like, the crowd was into it, and, you know, they had plenty of cameras. It wasn't, you know, it didn't seem half, you know, half done, so I'm into it. Thumbs up. I'll watch I'll watch a little a few more of their shows just to catch up on, on the storylines. They got a new champion now. They just crowned a new one. Ooh, but don't they- don't spoil it for me. All right. I was just saying, the most recent show, they have a new champion. I'll have to watch. Hey, I, I'm sure you're, you're I'm sure you're a little bit biased, Dan, but what are you feeling at? Thumb cup, thumb down, thumb in the middle. Because I enjoyed the show. I remember the, like, the reception to online when people were like live tweeting it. They enjoyed it. And, like, I, I enjoyed it, you know, watching it back. I didn't realize that it was as long as it was. 
But then like remembering the promos and stuff like that, it, that definitely did drag it out a little bit, but I was thumbs up for me. Yeah. I'll agree with that. I've got thumbs up. Like the only match I really didn't like was the shockwave match. And like, God, I get what they were going for. And they with a three minute bit that went 10 minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to go thumbs in the middle. I'm going to be the one, the, I mean, everybody else gave a thumbs up. So it, that obviously gets the official ranking, but I'm going to go thumbs in the middle. It didn't hold my attention. And, uh, I mean, like the first half, like was kind of there, but I don't know. Just didn't do it for me. So, all right. Well, if you guys have anything to plug now at the time, Cam, we'll start with you. Nada. <laughs> <laughs> Plugs. No. All right. Dan. Uh, nothing really. I'm, uh, I, I, I didn't use the R word. I'm, I never said retired, but I'm pretty much out of the wrestling game. Um, just doing the drag race and stuff with my family and uh, getting ready for the winter where uh, our, my family's body shop is uh, booked out a month and a half in advance right now. So life is uh, pretty good worth what we're doing if we could ever get parts. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter where I uh, tweet occasionally or you can always tell when I'm drinking is because I either tweet a lot or nonsensical gifts at Dr. Dan DCR. Okay. Uh, my next booking will be November 6th in Vermilion, Ohio for mega championship wrestling. Uh, the new TNA X division champion, Trey Miguel against Nick Nero for the mega championship that night. Come check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ref Jayhawk, uh, Instagram at Jayhawk one, five, three, nine. And every once in a while I do the Twitch gimmick, twitch.tv forward slash ref Jayhawk. All right. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And don't forget about our merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. And check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, If You Catch My Grift, and At Odds With Wrestling. And check out our other friends, PWPonderings.com, Big Starks Brand, Set Tab Photo, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, which they are doing uh, orders, I believe, through Grubhub currently, uh, like three or four days a week. So if you're in the Massillon area, check them out. Uh, also kayfabe collectibles you can find me on twitter and instagram at charlie underscore butters you can find this podcast on twitter and instagram at iwtv guide talk to you next week everyone thanks guys thank you If I do, damned if I don't. You know I got a girl back home. You got a man, what you want? What you want? What these bitches want from a nigga? On some DMX shit. I know the mother niggas love tricking. On some BMX shit, but not me. Now I'm sure you done heard about me. A black star, most deaf quality. Good, so them bad hoes try me. They try me. This is Martin Luther King in the club, getting dubs. With a bad bitch in his ear saying that she down for whatever In the back of his mind is Coretta And she knows She knows And I know she knows And I know she knows And deep down she knows She knows And I know she knows And I know she knows If I do, damned if I don't. I'm passing up on bad hoes, trying to be the man that she want. What she want? What she, what she want from a nigga? To put a ring on it. Got a bitch on my dick right now, and she just wanna sing on it. 
Got me up so high, try and get a piece of that apple pie. I be up so high, try and get a piece of that apple pie. Dance all vibe with my pants on fire, cause I told her I was sleeping as I creep with this pretty young thing that I told. That she could be doing the same thing I suppose. And she knows, she knows, and I know she knows, and I know she knows, and deep down she knows, she knows. I love coming to Pounds.